Hi, this is Paul with 10-4 Lord. I'm a Bible teacher and truck driver. I teach people how to understand the Bible for themselves and how to have a powerful prayer life. Each episode is focused on helping you to understand the scriptures and grow your faith in the living God. Hi, this is Paul with 10-4 Lord, and tonight I'm in Calvert City, Kentucky. And tonight I'm going to tell you about how God answered my seven-point prayer. That was a prayer that had seven specific details, and I'm going to tell you about how God answered every single one of them. So, first of all, I'd like to give you some backstory. Now, this was many years ago. This was in the early 90s, and uh, I had basically blown up my life, destroyed my life by being a prodigal son and uh, living, you know, even though I was a believer, I... I started being disobedient to the Lord and you know the Bible says that the Lord chastens those he loves and that I found to be the case so in very short order I lost everything and even though I had two I, I lost my job but end up I ended up getting two jobs but still was in in dire straits financially and was homeless for a while so I lived in a storage unit I lived in a tent I lived in my car and you know, I'd been in the in the service in the infantry, and so I was used to roughing it, I guess you'd say. But after a while, the heat and the mosquitoes of South Louisiana kind of got to me, so I finally decided to go ahead and pray. You know, it's like when the when the prodigal son came to himself and realized, hey, he remembered his father, right? Remember how good his father is. Um, so I decided to pray, and <clears throat> thank God that He had put someone in my life before that time in my life before those those events that had taught me how to pray effectually and so what I prayed for was not you know it may sound kind of crazy to be this specific but it's just just exactly what I needed for my situation and I didn't pray for a mansion I didn't pray for you know uh, a house in Beverly Hills I just prayed for what I needed but even still it was strikingly specific so uh, I prayed for an apartment for about $200 a month rent and even around 1992 that was $200 a month rent, rent was ridiculously low that the people would laugh at you if you said that uh, so but about two because but 200 a month was all I could afford at the time um, I also prayed that the utilities would be included in that $200 a month rent okay that there would be no deposit because I didn't have any money, that there would be no lease to sign because when I had lost my job before um, and I didn't have any income, I had broken a lease and I didn't like doing that. I didn't want to sign a lease. Um, so there was no, that I prayed that there would be no lease to sign. Uh, I prayed that it would be furnished and um, that it'd be, that I would be surrounded by Christians. I wanted to be surrounded by God's people because, you know, I was going through a rough time and I knew I needed fellowship. I needed to be around other Christian believers, be around the family of God. And uh, number seven, I didn't have, again, I didn't have any money. And so I prayed that the Lord would have someone pay my first month's rent for me. Well, after I prayed, the, and, and you know, I know that sounds kind of crazy to, to be that specific, but that's exactly what I needed. And so once I spelled out all the details of this prayer to God, then I just thanked him in advance. 
you know, and I figured God is God and he's promised to supply what I need. And so if God had to create it out of nothing, like, you know, he created the universe out of nothing that he could do it, you know, because God, he fulfills his promises. And so I thanked him for an advance. And that's an important key to keep in mind. Thanked him for an advance. I said, father, I thank you that your answer is, is coming, that it's on the way. And, uh, and then I went about my business and during the week, whenever I thought about the situation, I just kept thanking the father that his answer was coming. Well, that weekend I went to this church that I had been visiting and the Lord impressed upon me that if I went and talked to this one individual, that I would have a place to stay. And I didn't like telling people about my situation. And it wasn't because it was a pride thing. It was, you know, not that I'm not prideful. That, that's definitely not the case. But uh, it, in this situation, it just, I wanted God's answer. Because what I had found that a lot of times when it's man's answer, man has his little strings attached. And uh, and I wanted God's answer. So I didn't make a habit of talking to people about my situation, but I, you know, I really felt like the Lord had impressed upon me to go talk to this one guy. So I went and sat near him before church, the, ser the service started and we struck up a conversation. And, uh, in the process of that conversation, he asked me, so where are you staying? I said, well, I'm sleeping in my car. He said, oh man, come on over to my place. You can sleep on my couch tonight and we'll go down and talk to the manager of the place tomorrow. And uh, I know him and, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see about getting you a place. So I said, great. So I went over to his place and slept on his couch and he told me about these, the apartments. It was $205 a month rent. And I remember I said around $200 a month rent. Utilities included in the $200 a month rent no deposit, no lease to sign, furnished, and surrounded by Christians. It was in a Christian seminary, a Bible college, where they were renting out dorm rooms in the Bible college as apartments to non-students. So I would be surrounded by people who were Christians and studying the Word of God. And number seven, the, the guy that I had met in church, his name was Art, and he had gotten saved in prison, and he had this godly gruffness about him. He, he, I remember he said, you know, I figured the Lord, he had my back in prison, I got his back. You know, so I love that about Art. And he said, you know what, man, I'm a month ahead on my rent. I'm going to pay your first month's rent for you. And I was floored. And again, I, didn't, I hadn't told him my prayer. God answered every single detail of that prayer, y'all. I just went out in the hallway and just cried my eyes out. Because, I mean, look at what God did for me. You know? I mean, talk about the, the prodigal son and the forgiving father. And, and that's something I want to emphasize here is that this didn't happen because I was Johnny Christian. This didn't happen because I was so such a great believer and such a great Christian. No, this was in spite of my stupidity. And because not because I was good, but because God is good and God's goodness is greater than my badness. Thank God. Right. And so that leads me right into 
the seven keys I want to talk about tonight. The seven keys to powerful prayer. And the first one I want to talk about that leads right into this is, first thing I have to understand is I'm not good. I'm bad. That's the first thing I got to understand. And that some people might say, well, Paul, why don't you mention that God is good first off? Okay, because here's why. Because most people, whether they're church-going people or people who believe in God but aren't necessarily religious, they just have this kind of, you know, vague idea of God or whatever, most people would agree with the the, uh, the premise that God is good. But the where they have a problem is is accepting that they're not. Okay, that, that's where they really have a problem because most people think of themselves as good people. And when you look at the Bible, the people that God worked with the most were the people who, that, that saw how unworthy they were. Remember the man, the two men that prayed that Jesus talked about, and there was two men that were praying, and the one was, uh, he was a Pharisee, and he was bragging on himself to God, God, I thank you, I'm I'm not like other men, you know, I fast three times a week and I do all this stuff and and I'm not like other men like this this publican over here, this tax collector. And the the publican was standing in the back, wouldn't even lift his eyes to heaven, but beat upon his chest and said, "Have mercy on me, O Lord, a sinner." And Jesus said that the latter went away justified rather than the first. And that is so important. It's so important. We have to understand when you approach God, you've got to know you're not good. You're bad. Okay. We, we, we live in this flesh and anything that's good in me is only because of God's mercy and God's grace. And it's nothing of myself. Paul, the apostle Paul said that I am the least of all the, all the of all Christians. He said, I'm the least of all saints. He said, he's the least of the apostles. He said, I'm the chief of sinners. Right? The apostle Paul said, I'm nothing. Okay? And so that's what you got to understand when you approach God is you don't deserve anything from God. There, there's, there's, God doesn't owe you anything. He doesn't owe me anything. The only thing we deserve is his justice it is judgment. That's what we deserve. We deserve we deserve death and hell. That's what we deserve. Okay? So don't approach God with this haughty, I'm so, I'm so together, I, I've got so much faith, and I'm such a good person. You, the first thing you got to do is humble yourself before God and say, God, I'm a mess. You know, I blow it more times than I even realize. Have mercy on me, O Lord. See, I understood that, and, and, and God still shows me that on a regular basis, that I'm nothing without God, and I have nothing, and I can do nothing without God. And I don't get anything from God because I deserve it. Everything I get from God is because He is good. So that's point number two. God is good, okay? God is good. Number three, God's goodness is greater than my badness. When you look at the prodigal son and you see everything he did, 
and and how he wait he took he insulted his father by asking for his his inheritance while the father was still alive which in that culture it's basic it's almost like saying you wish your father was dead it was a huge slap in the face to his father and he went out and he partied and he wasted his money and he found himself hungry and starving and and desolate and when he came when he re realized what am i doing and he went back to his father humble he didn't even expect to be to be treated like a son he was ready to be a servant but look at how great the father's response was he ran to him and embraced him you know what that kid smelled like he smelled like pigs. That, he'd been working with pigs. You know how you ever smell pigs like in on a farm? They don't smell good. He embraced his son. He kissed his neck. His filthy, nasty, pig-smelling neck. He kissed his neck. And he embraced him. And before his son could even finish, get out the words, Father, I am... I have sinned against God and before you and no longer to be called your son before he could even get to the part about being a servant. The father said to his servants, let's make a feast, bring the best robe and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet for my son was dead and is alive again. God's goodness is so much greater than our badness. And the more we just let him win with his goodness, the more we'll start, stop fighting against him. So that's number three. God's grace, God's goodness is greater than, than my badness. Number four, if you have a specific need, pray a specific prayer. God is not afraid of your requests. He's God. Okay? If it's a legitimate need and it doesn't exist, God can make it out of nothing. He's done that already. Okay? Nothing is hard for God. <clears throat> so if you have a specific need, then pray a specific prayer. There's some things I don't care about the specifics on. Okay? There's some things like when I... <laughs> It may sound strange, but when I prayed for a wife, I didn't pray any specifics. I'm just like, Lord, I trust you. You know, you'll send the right woman for me. Because I, I wasn't concerned about what her hair color was or what color her eyes were or anything like that. I wanted the right woman that God knew was right for me with, with those inner qualities that God knew that I needed to have in my life. And I knew <clears throat> that he loves me enough that he knows what's best for me. And, uh, and what's going to make me happy. And so I just left the details up, up, up to him. Okay. And he sent me a wonderful wife. That's exactly the woman that I needed to have as my wife. And her name is Melissa. And, but you know, if there's something that, <clears throat> that, Hey, there's some, some, there are some details involved here. Then pray a detailed prayer. God's not afraid of it. Okay. It's not a problem for him. <clears throat> Number five. God promises to supply your need, not your greed. Okay? And that's where the, the so-called prosperity gospel people 
go go off. That's where they go astray. Because the Bible says that if you have food and clothing, that you should be content, right? Um, Jesus said that a man's life does not consist of the things that he possesses, right? <clears throat> so God has promised to supply your need, and he will supply your need. But he hasn't promised to supply your greed, okay? If you need a car, you need a car, right? You, you don't need a hundred thousand dollar Lamborghini but you need a car if you need if you need transportation right <clears throat> but God has promised and I've seen God do this over and over and over again I've seen God give me cars I've seen God give me clothes I the the stories I could tell you and, and I will on this podcast I want to I will give you more of these these testimonies of things that I've got seen God do that will absolutely make your jaw hit the floor. Okay? But I've seen God provide for my every need over and over again. But don't don't think God is is there to be your um, you know God's not Tony Robbins. Okay? He's, he's, he's not concerned about making you rich. That's not his goal. Not in this life, anyway. God is God's concern is your eternal life, that that you will be with Him in glory, which is going to make it, the, all the riches in the the abundance of this life seem like nothing. Okay, so God's far more interested in that, and He's in, He's concerned with your spiritual growth and and your progress in in learning to walk with Him. Okay, and you're in growing your character, you're in and becoming more like him. That's what God's interested in primarily. Does he care about your needs? Absolutely he does. And you you can trust him. So number six, <clears throat> thank God in advance and keep thanking him until it comes. Once you pray that prayer. If you believe it, then tell him so. Give, start thanking him before you see it. It's not believing is it's not seeing is believing. It's believing is seeing. Thank God before you see it. Thank him that it's on the way. And here's a key: as you go through your week, whenever you think about that situation, instead of letting your mind get into worry and doubt, just keep praising him and thanking him. Father, I thank you. It's on the way. Father, I thank you it's on the way. Whenever you think about it, just keep thanking God that it's on the way. And then when it comes, so important, point number seven, remember to give God the glory and tell others what he's done. What a shame it would be if you didn't pay that forward. What a shame it would be if God did all that for you and you never told anybody about it, right? I mean, you give a, a good Uber driver five stars, right? <laughs> so when God does something amazing for you, make sure that you give him glory. Make sure that you tell other people about it. Remember the, the 10 lepers that were cleansed that Jesus healed? And there are only two of them that turned around and praised God and gave thanks, right? And Jesus marveled at that. So be like the two, not like the other eight. Make sure you, you 
you thank God for what he does for you and make sure you tell other people so that they could know that God is real, that God is good, and that he loves you. My friends, God bless you, grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Be sure to subscribe so that I can continue to encourage your faith and help you to understand the Holy Word of God. Good night. Here's the million dollar question. Will you go to heaven when you die? Here's a quick test. Have you ever lied, stolen, or used God's name in vain? Jesus said, Whosoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If you have done these things, God sees you as a lying, thieving, blasphemous, adulterer at heart, and the Bible warns that one day God will punish you in a terrible place called hell. But God is not willing that any should perish. Sinners broke God's law, and Jesus paid their fine. This means that God can legally dismiss your case. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Then Jesus rose from the dead, defeating death. Today, repent and trust Jesus, and God will give you eternal life as a free gift. Then read the Bible daily and obey it, and God will never fail you. Thanks for listening to 104 Lord, and please remember the three S's subscribe, share, and support. Subscribe to the podcast, share it on Facebook in an email and a text message link to a friend. And, uh, and if this podcast is a blessing to you and something that you really getting a lot out of, then uh, go ahead and support the channel if you'd like to by clicking on the support button. Thanks again. God bless. Grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus Christ.